0: the statistics are grim one in five working moms say they've been passed over for an important assignment or for a promotion because they have children and women who take even one year off to have kids come back to earn 40 less than their peers working moms outpace outperform and outwork their peers So why don't companies make an effort to support working moms? And how can working moms advocate for themselves in the workplace and in their careers? Frankly, we're tired of asking for a seat at the table. It's time to make our own table. And we're going to talk about how. I'm Zabin Mirza, and this is Moms at Work. Welcome to Moms at Work. I'm Zabin Mirza, and today we are talking about a woman's place. So you've, you, you've heard, you know, the old, the very old adage that a woman's place is in the kitchen. That's evolved a bit. Um, I'd like to think that uh, today they say a woman's place is wherever decisions are being made. Uh, to that, I say a woman's place is wherever woman wants to be. And certainly, women are in all industries and in all sectors. They are in all positions, in all places, and certainly in law enforcement. Um, We have a really special guest today, um, sergeant Kelly Dukak. she is a sergeant with the law enforcement agency in Northern Illinois. Um, and I will tell you a little bit about Kelly, which is really funny. She was introduced to me by a mutual friend Scott Tillema who um, you know contacted me and said Sabine, you know there's there's somebody that I think you really ought to speak to And when he described Kelly, the first thing he said was that she did not, sleep a lot. And certainly that is something that we can all relate to. She's got three children. She's got a very demanding job. She is studying for her doctoral degree. Um, So um, the the fact that she is even awake uh, at this time and able to spend some of her waking time with me is so greatly appreciated. So without further ado, Sergeant Kelly Dukak. Kelly, thank you so much for being here with me today on Moms at Work. Of course. It's my pleasure. Now, Kelly, you don't sleep. Um, (laughs) so I just need to first understand how do you get through the days? Because when people ask me, I say coffee and a lot of yelling is, is what fuels me. So, so what's, what's fueling you, Kelly? Uh,
1: Definitely coffee, um, or any form of caffeine, honestly. Um, and you know, I, I cannot make it through my day if I don't get in a workout at some point, because it's the only thing that can boost me right back up to the level um, of energy that I need to get through my day. So that's my that's my second go to.
0: Amazing. Well, that in itself is inspirational, because I don't want to embarrass myself by telling you the last time I've seen the inside of a gym, but <laughs> I am achieving physical fitness vicariously through you, Kelly. So thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you for that. So Kelly, you know, you're you're in law enforcement, right? And first, thank you for your service. And thank you for everything that you do to keep our community safe. Um, especially in the pandemic, we certainly appreciate that. Uh, Thank you. quite deeply. Um why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what it is you do? Um, a little bit about your background. How did you end up in law enforcement? Why law enforcement?
1: So it's funny, um I never actually wanted to be what we call a road cop, you know, where you drive around in patrol car. I always wanted to be a detective. I grew up loving reading. Started with the Boxcar Children series and then, you know, you progressed to R.L. Stein and then Nancy Drew, and then my mom finally got me into um, Mary Higgins Clark Mysteries. I just was obsessed with reading mystery books. Um, I loved putting puzzles together, not the physical puzzles, but like figuring things out, why things weren't working. I would take apart electronics and try to figure out what wasn't working, what was I missing. Um, So it was just that desire to figure the problem out that I think really drove me But then I learned that you had to be a road cop before you actually became a detective. (laughs) And that was not jiving with me at the moment. You know, it's never something I thought. I thought I was going to be a CEO of like a business and, you know, be a power woman, you know, things like that. And so I actually started college for business. And I just wasn't loving. I didn't have that fulfillment, you know, that I was wanting in a career. So I switched my junior year after a counselor in college convinced me to do an internship with a police department, you know, just go try it. You might, you know, find that you actually really like it. And I did, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with, you know, getting to meet a whole bunch of different people, not sitting behind a desk nine to five, um, the action. I mean, I'm going to admit the driving fast in a car and the adrenaline rush was, was (laughs) pretty good. Um, you know, indicator of, I'm going to like this job. Um, So that's really how I got into it. It was by having a great counselor that saw that I just needed to get past my fear of trying something new to actually reach my ultimate goal of being an investigation. So that's how I got into
0: it. That's amazing. And I think that's, I think that's, you know, something that a lot of people can relate to, you know, we go to school, um, or we believe, you know, early on that we're going to be something in our careers and we end up being something totally different. So fun fact, I was supposed to be a doctor and I quickly realized that I did not have what it takes to be a doctor at all. <laughs> so here I am, not a doctor, um uh, but but you know, we we started off this this podcast earlier talking about, you know, I said people used to say a woman's place is in the kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. We've we've evolved yeah. a bit from there. I want to say a bit because sometimes it feels like not very far at all. Um, and people said a woman's place is wherever decisions are being made, which I agree, but a, a woman's place is really wherever that woman wants to be, right? Yeah. And um, law enforcement is one of those fields that has been historically male, male-dominated, mm-hmm. male-led, um, but it is growing and it is – diversifying um, at quite an impressive rate. So talk to me a little bit about, first, representation. Um, What does female representation in the force look like, at least where you are? Um, You know, any stats that you might have? And also, what was it like for you as a woman um, joining law enforcement?
1: So, you know, I grew up with a mother who taught me, get an education before you get married. Make sure you can sustain yourself on your own so that, you know, the guy walks out the door, you can hold your own. So yeah. I really grew up with that mentality. And I guess I didn't really even think twice about going into a man's world just because I had such a strong female force in my mom and in my grandmother, who is in, you know, a business businesswoman. So I went into it kind of blind as to... um Some of the issues that you would typically run into in a male driven field, um, I can definitely say there were not as many women at the department when I joined. Um, But I will say the department I work for didn't have an issue with women becoming a law enforcement officer or police officer, as long as you could hold your own. That was their only requirement. You know, don't come in expecting special treatment. Um, do your job and do it well. I work for a department who has grown exponentially in the amount of women it has. We have 48 sworn about that. 10 of them are women, which is actually quite a large number compared to a lot of agencies. That's almost 20% or about yeah. 20%. Um, and that's a we're actually out of locker space at the department I work for because in 2001, they built a locker room Thinking that 10 lockers would be enough and we're it. You know, we're at our max capacity already. So I definitely have a department who supports women um, becoming law enforcement officers and definitely treats everyone with that idea that as long as you're doing the job and you're doing it well, it doesn't really matter. And they also identify with the fact that women bring a different aspect to law enforcement that men don't always have you know, I can talk and and one of my specialties is talking people down, you know, a male in my position on a lot of these calls might have gone towards a more aggressive stance where I've taken the extra minute to talk to somebody. And so very frequently, I'm able to avoid any kind of confrontation or physical confrontation, because I have the patience or the nurturing voice or that extra, you know, pizzazz that a woman can bring to law enforcement to talk somebody down in a situation. And I think that's something that is very important to have in law enforcement. You need to have a well-rounded group that you're working with. And if you have the guys who can handle, you know, and girls, and I'm not saying girls can't handle physical, because I've seen the girls on this on this force handle the physical. But that's what expected, you know, in law enforcement, it's expected to be able to handle physical. So if you can bring that extra patience, calming voice to a situation, it can be incredibly helpful. And I'm very lucky that the department I work for can see that and see the importance of that.
0: Yeah, and I think that's super important, you know, and and this is very very critical um, for for I think all industries, not just in law enforcement. The female perspective, right? When you're talking about de-escalating situations, when you're talking about communication skills, these are things that companies and and law enforcement agencies and organizations invest thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in training. Um, their, their, their force in their workforce, you know, especially in the very heavily male uh, sectors. But these are things that women and especially mothers bring inherently and innately to the job, right? And and we hear the statistics all the time about the value that women bring to the workforce, especially mothers, right? If you can deescalate a fight over a candy bar in your house between toddlers and young children, there is nothing I think you cannot take <laughs> Out in the field because these toddlers, they don't got no fear, Kelly. They don't got no fear, mm. no fear of consequence, no fear of God, no fear of nothing, right? Nope. So if you could exactly that, correct. yes, if you could take care of that, you know, it's it's a walk in the park. And, and these are things that women inherently bring to the workforce. And I think kudos to your, your agency for recognizing that, for supporting that, and for all the companies that do that. And when you talk about women holding their own, right? This is a big this is this is super important because this is how it should be, that it should be merit-based, okay. competency-based, not gender or family status right. or race or sexual identity based. Can you do the job? Yes or no? Right? Right. And and that's how you make it. Now, on the other hand, the fact is that women, especially mothers, you know they do need a little special treatment when you're breastfeeding, right? Yes. And when you have young kids and, you know, you need to be uh, in a workplace, whether it's at a law enforcement agency, a Fortune 500 company that recognizes that and is willing and able to make those accommodations. Because, yes, you need to treat your workforce equally, but you also need to create equity, which means for those that need a little extra support like mothers, you need to be able to give it to them. So talk to me, Kelly, a little bit about your life in, in, in the agency as you've had children, as you've needed a little additional support. So all three of my kids were
1: born while I was a police officer. Um, I think about three years after I became a police officer, my first child was born. And I want to say there would maybe been one or two prior pregnancies, if that, prior to mine at the department, just because the women who worked there either already had children before they became a police officer, um, um, or had stepchildren, things like that. So, you know, it was a pretty new experience. It was we've come a long way in some aspects, but in some aspects not. I was able to come off the road whenever I asked felt it was safe for me and safe for my baby. I chose three months. Um, you know, I wasn't showing yet. I was able to make sure that no injuries were going to happen. And they were fully supportive of that. The one area they're still lacking, in my opinion, is they wanted us to pump in our locker room, which is basically our bathroom and locker room. There's no, no one wants to pump in the bathroom um, on a bench that's right next to a locker so you can't even like lean back or you're literally you know straight up and down pumping you know it's which is uncomfortable in itself and then you're doing it in a bathroom you know on a bench it just that part needs to change yes. um but they were very supportive in the fact that I, they gave me light duty um and that's not technically a requirement you know it, but they did they gave me light duty each and every time they were very supportive. There was no negative comments about the fact that I was pregnant again when I had my third. Um, nothing like that. Oh, geez, when are you going to stop getting pregnant type thing? You know, you hear horror stories. And yeah. luckily, my department, it was either smart enough not to say anything like that <laughs> lawsuit wise or, you know, just generally in their hearts. They they don't feel like that. And I truly believe it's the latter. Um, so. I was given the time off I needed and no ifs, ands, or buts about when I came back, you know, having my place, you know, right when I came back. And so that part was not hard for me. Um, having the kids was not hard for me. I will say when I had my first, I came back to midnight and was up all night and had to breastfeed or I'm sorry, pump in the middle of that, taking off the uniform, taking time to do that was. Not easy um, and then I would stay up all day because my husband at the time was working days and so I I can tell you that that was probably the hardest time of my life you know working all night and then being up with an infant who didn't understand mommy needs a break you know because yeah. the, the infant comes first so that was probably the hardest time of my life but you know we survived with family I cannot. Thank my family enough, and the community, the support system that you know you do become a family in law enforcement. And the support I had from my law enforcement family was really important at that time. I had people who were willing to come over and babysit, you know, so I could get a nap in things like that. So yeah, um, I think a a good support system is what really helps you in law enforcement.
0: Yeah, and I think that's super important for everybody that's listening. You know, I think all of us um, can relate to you know the the breastfeeding struggles and the mm-hmm. pumping struggles and you know even for women that 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 didn't breastfeed and, and and didn't pump or formula fed you know just having an infant that doesn't sleep doesn't yeah. understand that you have to work and and the fact that we have to even in this country come to work when our infants are that small is a whole separate other issue that that yes that needs to be addressed, but you know, I could tell you the the most unholy places I have had to pump, um, Kelly, because there was no room for me. I've pumped in utility closets. I've pumped hiding like a fugitive in a corner because there was no, I had to like pump in, in, I've pumped in the bathroom of a Burger King once. I mean, it's bad, right? Now, Mm -hmm. why should companies give special treatment to women? You just said, Kelly, that, you know, everybody should be able to hold their own, right? And when people say things like that, what what I want to remind them is this is not special treatment. This is... A valued member of your workforce that is competent, that is capable, that has added huge amounts of value and and benefit to your organization that needs you to support her so that she can continue to add that value and those benefits to your company. So companies that fail to do this for their women, to their mothers, you are not only doing the wrong thing by your women, but you are hurting your business. Bottom line. So if you Mm -hmm. don't care about anything else, care about the dollars you're losing when you're losing women that are really good at their jobs because you're pushing them out of the workforce. That's a financial and reputational loss to companies. So I don't want to hear it from anybody that says, well, you just said treat everybody equally. Yes, treat everybody equally, but that means- In the job. Exactly, in the job. And when they need support, support them so that they can continue to do right by your organization. This is why women leave jobs. This is why mothers leave jobs. Um, And I think that's a really important point um, to hit home. Now, Kelly, the the next thing that I want to talk to you about is you had- incredible role models, right? And what you said Mm -hmm. about your mom telling you, like, get the education, invest in yourself because a man could leave and walk out the door. This is something, you know, I'm a child of immigrants. This is what brings immigrants to this country, the pursuit of better life, of education. This is something I was taught, Sabine. You could lose everything. You can lose money. You can lose your house. You can lose everything. But if you have your education, nobody could take it away from you. And you know how to rebuild but you had that example, right? You had somebody telling you that there are many women that don't have that, right? And that could be a real barrier for them to get involved in certain fields. So, especially in law enforcement, what are what is your perspective on what some of the barriers are for more women getting involved in the field?
1: Well, obviously, the fear of going into you know the male dominated field is a barrier just because you hear of the horror stories that come out because yes, they do happen. You know, there are barriers, but there are barriers to a lot of different things. And so I think a really important thing for women who are looking into going into this career need to know is that you can do it and it is possible. And we need as Females in law enforcement, I think to do a better job of voicing that to new recruits. You know, yes, there are horror stories, but that's not the norm. You know, you, we always hear on media and social media the horror stories because that's what gets attention and they do happen, but I don't want that to be the focus, um, for new recruits. We have on Facebook, there is a women in law enforcement group where women who are new to law enforcement in law enforcement or wanting to be law enforcement can join and ask questions and get support. I mean, you have questions from what kind of duty boots should I order to what kind of vest is do people like to, I have an interview coming up. What has been your experience or I failed this. What would your recommendations be? I think we need to do a better job of supporting each other, yes. um, learn and learning how to, you know, Kind of jump into this field and show that women do a great job in this field and that it is possible and it's not as horrible as sometimes it can sound. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest barriers we have and something that we need to do a better job of getting out there is showing support for each other, you yeah. know? And like I said, this Facebook group is a good way to do it. We have, um, support groups at work as well that can help people when they have questions. Um, but I definitely think the biggest barrier is just getting the communication out there that, you know, in the support system.
0: So, yeah. And I think that's really critical. And, you know, you know, Kelly, we we've launched jobs.mom, right? And mm-hmm. jobs.mom was really um, in large part built to do exactly what you're saying, right? It's It's to showcase that women not only can be in these fields, but they are right? Mm -hmm. They are in these fields and that, you know, companies really should be and organizations really should be more actively showcasing, you know, not only the women, but what they are doing to help Mm -hmm. women. Why should I you know, pursue this career with your company or with your organization if you won't support me, if you won't help me while I have kids. This is a big deterrent. And, you know, I read something so profound. It was a very small quote, so profound a few days ago. I don't remember where I saw it, but it said, you can't be what you don't see, right? Oh, I like that. Yeah. You can't be what you don't see. If I don't see women in positions of leadership, I I don't feel like that's something that is for me or attainable. If I don't see females in law enforcement succeeding, I don't feel like that that's an environment that maybe women can thrive in. Those are the connections that I make. And so, you know, what you just said, Kelly if you are a woman in law enforcement or in any field, speak up, right? Talk about what you need because they're not going to know. You need to be your own advocate, not but not just for yourself, but for all the women that you are opening the door for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but also, you know, to, to show that, hey, if you really want to, to, to put your money where your mouth is and improve representation, increase, you know, recruitment and retention of women, these are the things you're going to have to do and really bring back. Yeah. Now, talk to me now, Kelly, what being a law enforcement officer has been like in the last year? So in 2020, it's, I mean, they're going to be college courses about the year 2020, I think, right? Whole semesters dedicated to those 365 days. What has it been like, not just in law enforcement, but as a mother, as a woman in law enforcement in a pandemic? a um, and then the second part is in an extremely polarized national climate where you know there's been so much anti-cop sentiment um and as you mentioned a lot of it driven by you know media and and uh, the things that that we don't see and hear um mm-hmm. so talk to me a little bit about that
1: okay well going on the first topic of what it's been like to be working in a pandemic and a mom in a pandemic, both. It's been a year of complete adjustments and the requirement of being flexible because work starting in March was weekly, if not daily emails of new protocols, new ways we were going to handle situations. Um, So it was, I mean, at points you couldn't even keep track of what you were supposed to be doing when, because it had changed daily, you know, and, and, and for the better, we were learning as we were going, the whole nation was the whole world was in fact. So yeah. it was really a learning curve for everyone. We had to change how were we, how we were responding to calls, what kind of PPE or protective equipment we were going to be wearing, um, on which calls we were going to be wearing them. If we were going to continue to do traffic stops because, you know, you're having contact with people, are you going in on all rescue calls, things like that. I mean, things, everything was changing and in a very rapid pace. And at the same time, you had your kids home, you know, all the time. So my life looked uh, a lot like getting up at six, having, you know, getting the kids ready for school and then starting them on school. Helping them, you know, the two of them, they're in third and fifth grade, do school throughout the day. And for my third grader, she hadn't used a Chromebook before. And it was quite a learning curve the first few weeks for her um, and getting her set up with that. And then I have a three year old home who doesn't understand. I need to help them with questions or their wire, you know, their internet went down. I need to fix that. And so it was a lot. It was a lot of juggling and a lot of patience, both on my part and the children's part. and then at 3.30, I'd be in roll call, ready to start, you know, roll call with my guys. When I say guys, it's gender neutral, guys and girls. Um, and we would hit the road until midnight. So, and then you get home, go to bed around one and then get up and do it the next day. So it was, I can't even really remember this year because it was so <laughs> crazy. And I feel like we were all just wandering around trying to just get through each day.
0: Yeah. Um and it's a lot yes. of rinsing and repeating. And yep. as the the year wore on, less rinsing and just more repeating. I <laughs> yes, yes.
1: <laughs> kids' hair may or may not be done for the school right. day that day. You know, still might be in PJs. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a year of just surviving. That's it. year. That's uh-huh. it. I think communication is key. I think. Up- openness about topics is key. I think transparency is key in certain aspects. Obviously in law enforcement, there's confidential information that you have to keep private, but I think communication and really sitting down and listening, not just hearing, but listening to what people are saying is important as well.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's really important because, you know, as, um, as a person of color, right. And as uh, a minority, you know, I belong to a community that has historically um, not just been marginalized, but has been disproportionately affected, um, you know, by incidents, you know, involving law enforcement. And you know this, right? Mm-hmm. And um, this is um, this is something that's that's important to us because, you know, we we want, and I think it's important, as you mentioned, that everybody understands that the role. Of law enforcement is to protect and Mm -hmm. to serve and um, what we want is to really be able to remove the fear in our lives um, Mm -hmm. of law enforcement because that fear does exist right Um, I have three young boys that are cute now But at some point, they will become men that will be perceived as a threat simply because of the color of their skin, right? Mm -hmm. And so I want to live in a world one day, uh, and I don't know how we get there, as you mentioned, Kelly. Um, You know, we're not sure how we get there, but we have to certainly try. Um, I want to live in a world one day where I don't have to worry about that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, as you mentioned, a lot of it starts with that communication that transparency, that openness, and I firmly believe a lot of that is brought to the force and to change by women, right? It's women that are really going to bring that voice and that perspective um, to these organizations to really help them usher in uh, a new era of change. And that's why perspective is important uh, in all fields and in all industries. So um, I do appreciate, Kelly, that you were you were so open about that. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think that is important. Now, the last thing that I want to ask you, and I'm conscious of of time, is what would you what, what advice would you give to women that, you know, are considering law enforcement and or are already in active duty, but maybe aren't in departments that are as supportive as yours, Kelly? How would you, what advice would you give them if they're looking to go into this and they're having reservations because they do want to start a family and they're just not sure mm-hmm. how that fits in with their plans?
1: My advice, if somebody is trying to start in law enforcement, but also wants to have the family aspect is just to remind them that it is possible. You can do both. But in order to do both, there are always compromises. You have to figure out for yourself what is most important to you. And make time for those things that are most important and wash out the rest. You know, I my most important things are my kids and my job. So what other things am I willing to sacrifice to make those two things happen? Well, I can tell you, <laughs> um, going out and socializing doesn't happen as often. Um, actual days where I get makeup and hair done at the same time yeah. and out of yoga pants, is rare. Um, it does happen, but it's rare. Um, so just learning to recognize what's most important to you and focusing on those things is my advice. You know, you can't do, even though the media, you know, especially, you know, ads showing, a skinny young model who's apparently going to work and who works out all the time and has six kids and her house is perfect all the time. That doesn't happen. That's not real life. Um, You know, real life looks more like I'm going to throw in a hat today because my hair is not as important as spending time with my kids and getting, you know, my work done. Because for me, that's important. Yeah. If your hair is important to you and you don't want kids go for it. I mean, that's, own it, but recognize what's important to you and go for those things and focus your energy on those things. And don't stop growing and learning as a person, even if you don't want a career and you want to be a stay at home mom, which kudos to you guys, because that is hard. (laughs) Like just being a stay at home mom during the day with e-learning has been like mind blowing. Um, but Don't stop growing and learning just as a person and as a mom, um, because pushing yourself and stretching yourself is going to be so healthy for you just as a person and a mom and an individual and as a partner and as a friend. So that's I guess those are two parts of my advice is focus on what's important to you and identify those things. But just don't stop pushing yourself and growing whatever avenue you want, because Keeping yourself alive inside and in your mind is going to be so helpful in those other areas as well. Yes.
0: Yes. And I think that is so important. And this goes back also to Kelly you know, whatever is important to you, own it, right? Prioritize mm-hmm. that. But also for those of us that are in a position to do so, we have to let women know it's okay to wear the hat. And yes. not put on the makeup, right? Yep. And to show up with stains on your clothes because we're all, we're all just trying to get by. And yep. I think authenticity is so important. So for so long, women have had or felt that they have had to put on this facade of mm-hmm. confirmation, right? Conforming to what we thought people expected. Mm-hmm. No more. That is not necessary. Stop yep. that, right? Say and speak up, as Kelly mentioned, tell your superiors, tell your colleagues, tell the leaders, this is what it's like. This is what I need. This is how I need you to support me. Be Mm -hmm. unapologetic in who you are as a woman. They're not going to know unless you make them listen. And you make them listen by saying the words out loud. I need a place Mm -hmm. to breastfeed or I need a place to pump. I need, Mm -hmm. I need to, I need to be able to wear a uniform that does A and B. I can't do Mm -hmm. C and D. I'm going to need, you know, for you to give me light duty because I am pregnant and I'm not going to pretend that I'm not just because I feel like I have to harm myself and my child just to, just to be seen as competent. That's not what we need to be doing. It's time that we speak up We stand up. We show that we are valued members of the force, but we do have different needs, whether you're in a company, whether you're on the field, wherever you're working, right? And even for stay-at-home moms, right? Your house, just because you're at home, doesn't mean that you've got all day to be cooking and cleaning. You've got even less time. Quite the opposite. Quite (laughs) Quite the opposite, opposite. right? So this fake, false, you know, perception of perfection that women carry, it's a crippling burden. Shed it, get rid of it. There's no place for it in our lives. And Kelly, I don't know how I could thank you, but you know, thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for sharing your perspective. So inspirational, I think so important for women to hear. Um, any last words, Kelly, if you had a mantra in 30 seconds, what's your mantra that you repeat in your head all day? Because mine is, oh, crap, oh, crap. I'm sure yours is something a little <laughs> bit more eloquent. What's your mantra?
1: No. <laughs> no, my mantra is just go for it. You know, like, whether it gets done or not, you can at least try go for it, own it. Those are my two go-tos, go for it and own it,
0: you know? Go for it and own it. mm -hmm. I love it. Sergeant Kelly Dukak of of a a, a very lucky law enforcement agency (laughs) to have her in Northern Illinois. Kelly, thank you so much for being here with me today at Moms at Work. Thank you. Thank you. And for those of you that are listening, of course, you can follow along Kelly's episode and all other episodes at jobs.mom slash podcast. And of course, jobs.mom has launched and is live for those of you pursuing careers in law enforcement, careers in any other field. If you need support, if you need guidance, if you need just some laughs, follow us, subscribe. And of course, until next time, stay safe and stay healthy. I'm Zabin Mirza and this is Moms at Work. Follow us on social media. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out more episodes at jobs.mom/slash moms at work.